0: Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnanti Mirandasya Jnananjana Chalakaya Chakshuru Militam Yena has Sri Gurupe Namaha Sri Chaitanya Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadam, Tadati Bandeham Sri Guru. Sri Jutha Padakamalam, Sri Kurun Baishnavam Sri Rupam Sagrajata Sahagana Ragunathan Bittam Tham Sajivam Sadvaitam Baitam Savathootam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahakana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitam Hey Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Chakatpate Kopesha gopika kanta, Radha kantanamos today, Tapta kanchana korangi, Radhe Vrindavaneshwari baneshwari, devi, Pranamami hari priye. Banshakalpatrubiascha Kripasindubya evacha Patitanam babanibyo Vaishnabebyo namaha Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Nanda Sri Gadadhar Shri Vasari bhakta brinda Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Pristaya Bhutale, Srimathe Bhakti. Dividanta Swami Niti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Prechadine Nirbhishesh Shunyavadi Paschatyade Shatharine Hare Krishna, it is truly my pleasure, my honor and my great fortune to be with all of you today. We are celebrating Balaram Jayanti in a way that many of us have never celebrated before where we are simultaneously in separation from one another and united together with each other union in separation is very much at the heart of the teachings of lord chaitanya and lord nityananda and our worshipable acharyas and Śrīla Prabhupāda, who personified and represented all of them in their fullest form of divine grace, he taught that Balaram is especially important because we cannot approach Krishna without the mercy of Lord Śrī Balaram. Balaram gives spiritual strength and spiritual strength is so crucial to overcoming the obstacles on the path of pure devotional service. Srila Prabhupada explains that in this physical world, people are very much attracted to strength physical strength in the form of strong bodies or strength in the form of having large militaries weapons or there's academics who have the strength of tremendous intelligence there's scientists who have the strength of so much um, perception into the subtle realities of physical nature Um, strength is something that attracts us. But Srila Prabhupada explains that the source of all strength is spiritual. Because after all, if the atma, the soul is not in this body, then there is no intelligence. There is no power even to move, what to speak of, to discover, to create. So it is that Atma, that spirit soul, that is the source of all the strength of all the people, of all species of life. Mamaivam so jiva lokai jiva buddha sanatana. And why does the soul have that strength? because it is part and parcel of the supreme source of all opulences. Aishwarya samagrasya viryashya Krishna is all attractive because he has these fortunes, these opulences, these excellences to the fullest limitless extent And he's the origin of these opulences. And also he possesses these opulences unlimitedly forever. And whatever strength there is in the soul, it's because we're part. Like the sun is the complete power giving off sunlight and heat. And because a sun ray is coming from the sun and is part of the sun, The sun ray can also give light and heat. So Krishna, the absolute truth, is the source of all beauty. He is the fullness of eternal strength and knowledge and fame and renunciation and wealth. Karana karanam. Krishna is the source of everything that exists, the cause of all causes. And Daivi Heshu Mama Maya Duratya. Krishna, who is the creator of everything that exists, has given us a glimpse into the truth of how we could be happy, even while living in this ever changing world where everything must deteriorate and apparently die, which is really just manifestations of change. Krishna tells us maya is very difficult to overcome. These three modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance are like ropes that bind us, keep us trapped, and drag us drag us into so many aspirations and so many complications and so many karmic consequences. Very difficult. But one who takes shelter of me, one who surrenders to me can easily cross beyond it. So it is this taking shelter of Krishna and striving according to our capacity to live in harmony with what pleases Krishna. And it is in cleansing our hearts through satsang, sadhana, hearing and chanting God's names and glories, remembering the Lord, praying to the Lord, kirtana smarana bandana pujana sakijana atmanivedana. These nine processes of devotional service comprise the heart of bhakti, which are meant to actually, in every situation, give us the opportunity to go deeper and deeper into seeking shelter of Krishna's grace. And all the dangers of this world are very much friends of a devotee. If they help us to try our very best according to our capacity to overcome them, and then to ultimately realize that there's powers beyond me. I'm not the controller, I'm not the proprietor, I'm not the enjoyer ultimately. And like Ajendra, like Draupadi, like the Vrjabhasis when dangers came to Vrindavan, we turned to Krishna. The Vrjabhasis, they loved Krishna. Even they were not consciously aware that he was God because they loved him so intimately, so deep, that their their love for Krishna was beyond the reverence that one approaches the Supreme Almighty God. They just loved Krishna as a friend, as a child, as a lover. But whenever great dangers came, whether it be forest fires or rains coming from Indra, or asuras naturally, they turned to Krishna. They simply turned to Krishna in every situation, whether it was a fearful situation, whether it was an enjoyable situation, whether it was hearing Krishna's flute and remembering him and weeping tears of loving ecstasy. In every situation, they just knew Krishna. And in this way, all of their emotions were completely pure and transcendental. So Krishna appears in this world to remind us of what we have forgotten, that Krishna is our only shelter, that to remember Krishna with love is the most pure and perfect way of responding to any situation that may come to us. And they're not always easy. At this time throughout the world, um, the coronavirus, COVID-19, is causing so much disease, suffering, and even death. And hundreds of millions of people, billions of people, are directly or indirectly being affected by it. And some are in lockdown. And the place that we normally take shelter in the form of Radharani and Krishna's temples, for me, Radha Gopinath temple, where the ultimate shelter is found we're, we're separated. There's so much restriction for good reasons. But Radhakopinath, they're reminding us of how important it is to come together. Sometimes we don't understand um, the value of something until it's either taken away. Or appears to be being taken away. So, those moments we could come together to be with each other, to chant, to dance, to hear about Krishna, to see the beautiful forms of the Lord together. In remembering, in an eagerness to be there, we are there. And somehow or other, Krishna ranges in so many ways where we could be united with each other and we could be united with Krishna through whatever facility is there. In many ways, practicing bhakti in this material world is not about making everything go the way we want it to go. Of course, as human beings, we make our plans and we make our efforts so that things go the way we go, especially when it is the will of Srila Prabhupada and our gurus and Krishna. But inevitably, they won't. So the art of living in the spirit of devotion is we learn to adjust ourselves to whatever circumstance is there to engage in devotional service. Chanting Krishna's names, helping others to be affected by the love of Krishna in whatever way possible according to those times and circumstances. When Srila Prabhupada was on the Jaladutta he had certain ideas and plans of how to expand the m- mission of his Guru Maharaj and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But at the same time, we see whatever happened, he was never discouraged. He adjusted with Krishna in the center, with pleasing Guru and Krishna in the center of his life. And Um, However impossible things may be, there's a way to adjust to that situation to keep Krishna in the center of our life and to keep that fire of the desire to serve Lord Chaitanya and our Guru's mission in the forefront of our life. So how is it possible if, if we're all alone at home? And or we're just with the same people of our family day and night. And there's so much impending possibilities of disease and death. And there's um, very little association we can get with people physically, we can't even go out so much. Bhakti teaches That even that is a perfect arrangement to make spiritual progress. If we just adjust whatever is required, especially our mindset, in a way that the sacred principles of bhakti are preserved. And we see in many ways through this internet technology, our Krishna conscious Love of God is spreading in ways that it never did before, to people we never reached before. So taking the opportunity and adjusting to the opportunity is a wonderful thing. And feeling separation from one another and striving to connect with one another in whatever way we can, either by prayer or by our through our in our pujas or through telephones or internets or computers or through reading and chanting, there's many ways we can connect with one another. Srila Prabhupada said if I am chanting Hare Krishna and you are chanting Hare Krishna and we are actually together when we remember each other. Because in Krishna all unity, all inclusiveness is forever present in krishna we are never separated when we're separated from krishna then even if we're physically right next to each other spiritually we are we are isolated so spiritual strength is required and balaram is the very personification of spiritual strength. Balaram is Krishna, there is no difference. The one supreme absolute truth has manifested in expansions for the purpose of lila, for the purpose of divine eternal pastimes and for the purpose of facilitating the giving of mercy and the very creation itself of this material world. Krishna's first expansion is Balaram. They have the same power, the same beauty. Srila Prabhupada writes that the difference between Krishna and Balaram is Krishna's form is like a like a monsoon rain cloud and Balaram's like a spring cloud. And their lila is so significant because it's the very heart of all of existence. Because Balaram is God, with full power, none different than Krishna. Is Krishna himself? But Krishna and Balaram assume these two forms. And Balaram's role is simply to serve. To serve and facilitate Krishna's pleasure. Balaram He's God. Many of us, we want a position, we want a role so that we can enjoy, so that we can control. But here is the supreme absolute truth, Balaram. His only aspiration is to serve, to give pleasure to Krishna, And what is it that gives pleasure to Krishna? To facilitate loving relationships between Krishna and all the devotees. Balaram is not just directly serving Krishna for Krishna's pleasure. Balaram knows what Krishna really wants. He expands himself to be the spiritual world of Goloka. The abode of the Lord is the expansion of the energy of the love of Balaram. He appears, manifests himself non-different as the seat in which Krishna sits on, his bed, his jewels, his umbrella, his slippers, everything. Everything. The whole spiritual world is manifesting from Balaram to facilitate loving relationships. When Yeshodamayi picks up a jewel that is actually a manifestation of Balaram himself, she offers that jewel with her vatsalya bhav, with her parental motherly love to Krishna. And how much that love. Krishna is, is only pleased by love. He doesn't need the quantity of our wealth or our strength or our beauty or our influence or knowledge. He's patram palam toyam. Whether we have big or little, Krishna is only concerned with one thing, the intention to please him with love. So when him my with her motherly love offers that jewel to Krishna. The jewel is manifested from Balaram, so that Yashoda can give it with love and Krishna tastes the sweetness of her love. When Srimati Radharani takes a jewel and offers it to Krishna, takes a flower from the forest of Vrindavan. All of these, or brings Krishna his slippers after they dance. These are all manifestations of Sri Balaram. And Radharani takes that manifestation and offers it to Krishna with her limitless, supreme, ecstatic love. And how much it gives pleasure to Krishna. And every gopa and every gopi and all the cows and all the peacocks who are dancing and the parrots that are singing, they're all living in Vrindavan and they're all charmed by Krishna in Vrindavan. And this is all arranged by Balaram to facilitate loving relationship. Balaram, truly in the mood of the servant, of the servant, of the servant. And that's where he finds his pleasure, not in enjoying, but in serving. And this is not the type of service that we think of in the material world where we're subjugated by someone. This is higher than any experience in any creation, is to serve God with love. And even higher than that is, to be the servant of the servant, which means to help others, to find the treasures of the pleasures of serving Krishna with love. That is Balaram. So he manifests as Goloka and he manifests as limitless eternal facilities for Krishna to enjoy along with his devotees. Limitless facilities for Krishna's devotees to offer to Krishna and for Krishna to reciprocate. And Balaram is also Krishna's elder brother eternally in the spiritual world, where all the rasas that give Krishna pleasure and in which Krishna gives his devotees pleasure, Balaram. Fully, enthusiastically, eternally enacts all of them. Dasyaras, he's a servant of Krishna. Whatever Krishna wants, he's there to do. Santaras, he manifests as the abode of Krishna to give all facilities for Krishna's pleasure. Sakiras. He's Krishna's best, foremost, intimate, loving friend, sharing playful pastimes forever. But Sallyaras, as Krishna's older brother, he's so much throughout the day, throughout the night, concerned with protecting Krishna, with nourishing Krishna, with giving guidance to Krishna, as an older brother, a loving brother does. And in Madhurya Ras, he manifests himself as Srimati Radharani's own younger sister, Ananga Manjari, to participate in serving and giving pleasure to Radharani and Krishna in every possible way in the most intimate leelas of Vrindavan as a Gopi. So this is Balaram, all pervading, limitless. His name is Shesha because he's so much eager to serve and Ananta because his, his love and his service is unlimited and forever. Ananta Shesha. Shankarshan because he's bringing all of us together in the loving service of the Lord. When beyond um, Goloka Krishna first expands as Balaram and then Balaram expands as Mahashankarshan Shankarshan and the chatur Shankarshan, Aniruddha, Basudev, Prajumana and they create the spiritual world outside of Goloka, where there are limitless Vaikuntha planets, eternal abodes where different features of the one supreme God eternally engage in loving exchanges with pure, enlightened lovers of God. And from Mahashankarshan and Chaturvyuha, the Lord manifests Narayan, the Lord of Vaikuntha. And when it comes time for the creation of material existence from a secondary Chaturvyuha, Lord Balaram expands himself as Karanodakshayi Vishnu or Mahavishnu where from from his own body comes the karna or causal ocean. Such infinitely sweet, um, pure mercy, grace is in the form of this ocean coming from the body of the Lord. And on that ocean, Lord Balaram, he manifests as Anantashesha, where Lord Narayan is resting upon him like a bed, and Mahavishnu, he closes his eyes and is as if in a mystic sleep and in a apparent dreamlike state, the Mahatattva, the whole cosmic manifestation in its potential state of pradana is manifested. And then that mahavishnu with a glance from his lotus eye for a moment, he activates. He, he creates time. He activates the three modes of material nature and he also impregnates mother nature with all living entities that are destined to take birth in all the universes throughout the limitless creation within this cloud of the Mahatva. From Mahavishnu, limitless universes manifest. And then Balaram through Karana Dakshai Vishnu expands his Garbo-dakshayi Vishnu to reside in each and every universe. And meanwhile, Balaram is a shesha to give support, to give basis and facilitate. He's actually holding up in place all the universes and all the planets and all the universes by his inconceivable mystical strength. And Garbo Dakshai Vishnu from him, Lord Brahma is born from Atma from a lotus that springs from his navel. And it is Lord Krishna who is manifest as Balaram, who manifests as Karna Dakshai Vishnu and then Garbo Dakshai Vishnu, who gives spiritual knowledge to Balaram. Making him the first guru among living entities within this universe. As Mahavishnu, through his breath, the Vedas manifest. The Vedas, especially the heart of the Vedic literatures, the essence of the Vedic literatures, are not just words composed by man. They're actually coming from the very breath of God. This is so significant. Because in our life, how valuable is breath? Nobody could live without breathing. We're, we take for granted. But actually, every time you take a breath, That means every time you have the strength to exhale, you can't inhale unless you first exhale. That exhalation and inhalation, every time you do, it's saving your life. It's preserving your life. If that stops, you cannot survive. Prananath. Krishna's... One of the names that we have is he's the very lord of our prana, of our most intimate, essential life air or life breath. He is the life breath of all living beings because he's the source of everything. From his breath, this most sacred, intimate part of Life, the life of God, comes Vedas. And the Lord entrusts Vedic knowledge to Brahma. Why? Because all the people who are conditioned by forgetfulness of Krishna, who are in this material existence, the Vedas, and the various avatars of Krishna, and the various saints who are who are holders of true transcendental knowledge, are here to open the doors and show us how to move through the door into the spiritual world of Ananda Shakti, where the energy of pure happiness is all pervading for everyone. And the Lord From Garbhodakshai Vishnu, he appears as Kshirodakshai Vishnu to be the Vishwatma and the Paramatma. He's he's the Lord of the entire creation as Mahavishnu. He's the Lord of the universe as Garbhodakshai Vishnu. And he's the Lord who's seated within the heart of every living being. Is Kshirodakshayi Vishnu. And that Kshirodakshayi Vishnu who's living within our hearts forever, seeing everything we do and hearing everything we hear and recognizing every thought and who never forgets. Krishna tells in Gita, Neha sosti Pratyavayo Navidyate swalpam Apyasya Dharmasya Trayate Mahathobayan that any progress we make in spiritual life on the path of devotion is never lost. It can, by misusing our free will, be forgotten, but it is never lost. Why? Because Krishna, as the Paramatma in our heart, never forgets. And anything we do in positive spirit to please him, under the guidance of the great souls. That is bhakti. Krishna never forgets that. Whatever other things we do, whatever unfavorable things we do, those things will affect us to cause us to forget or to suffer for some time or sometimes even to enjoy temporarily but eventually they're washed away by the powers of time and karma. But whatever spiritual progress we make is forever. It's the wisest, most intelligent of all investments to use a precious moment to please God, to uplift others, to love Krishna and to show compassion to others, to be an instrument of Krishna's compassion to others is at the very heart of bhakti. It's the culmination of yoga, of religion, of dharma and of life. So Balaram facilitates everything. And therefore it is said, that one cannot approach Krishna without the mercy and blessings of Balaram. When we take shelter of Balaram, Balaram gives us the spiritual strength to remember Krishna and to please Krishna and to remain faithful to Krishna in every situation. And Balaram is the Adi guru. He's the original guru. And all the gurus of this world are representations of Balaram. Therefore, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur composed in his his, um, Guru Astakam, Yasya Prasada Bhagavat Prasadu, Yasya Prasada Nagati Gutopi, that unless we please our gurus, we cannot please Krishna. If we please our guru, Krishna is pleased. If we displease our guru, Krishna is not going to be pleased. Because the guru is the very manifestation of the love and the mercy of Balaram. The guru never claims to be God. Even Balaram, he just wants to serve And the Guru teaches us the joy and the value of this mood of seva or service. When Krishna appears in this world as the various avatars, they are also manifestations of Balaram's mercy. When Krishna appeared as Lord Ram Chandra in the Treta Yuga. Lord Balaram appeared as his younger brother Lakshman. And for those who are acquainted with Sri Ramayan, we know that Lakshman, his life, his soul, his everything was to facilitate the happiness and the pleasure of Lord Ram in every way. When Ram was, when they were little children, he was his constant associate. When they would play, when they would learn, Lakshman and Ramchandra were inseparable. And when Ram was banished to the forest, Lakshman, although he wasn't banished, He had the beautiful kingdom of Ayodhya to enjoy his whole life. He had a beautiful, wonderful wife. He had everything. There was no reason to go to the forest for 14 years, except that the only happiness of Lakshman was to serve Ram in every way. And during those 14 years, there are so many episodes of Lakshman sometimes becoming very angry for the protection and the service of Lord Ram. He never slept at night. He would rain, remain awake in the forests, guarding and protecting Ram and his beloved Sita. That was Lakshman. And Ram would give Lakshman very, very difficult instructions. And oftentimes they created great heartbreak for Lakshman to make a pyre of fire for Sita, to protect Sita in in so many ways that that implicated um, Lakshman and Lakshman prayed, next time I incarnate, I will be your older brother. And in the next birth as Balaram, and the next birth as Nityananda Prabhu, with the same spirit of serving, but he also had the um, the natural role to to, to even disagree <laughs> in his total obedience to serve the Lord. It is all leela. So. The story of the birth of Balaram is what we are celebrating today in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the Haribamsa, in the Gopal Champu, and in the commentaries of the great Acharyas, we find so much beautiful treasure of information about Lord Balaram's appearance in this world. Devaki and Vasudeva, on the day of their marriage, Kamsa, who was the cousin brother of Devaki, to show his deep affection for his sister, was driving them on the chariot to their home. And that voice came in the sky, a divine voice, Kamsa, you are a fool. The eighth child of your sister Devaki will be the cause of your death. Kamsa was so fearful, so angry, how suddenly his loving sentiments of pleasing his sister became a horrible manifestation of hatred, And he drew a sword to sever the head of Devaki at that moment. His arms, each one was as powerful as 10,000 elephants. He was a mystic. He was a yogi with so much supernatural power. And with all of his strength, he was about to kill his sister. But somehow, Vasudeva pacified him. And eventually Kamsa out of fear kept Devaki and Vasudeva in prison in an underground prison in Mathura. And every time a child was born, as soon as the word came to Kamsa, he would come down and kill the child. Six children were were, were born and six children were killed in their infancy by the cruel, envious, selfish Kamsa. And he actually thought he was convinced that he was doing the right thing. That's the power of Maya. the, The deluding potency can delude a person to think he's doing the right thing or she's doing the right thing even if it's completely contrary to one's own self-interest or others. It is described by Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and Srila Prabhupada writes so nicely in his commentary of Srimad Bhagavatam that the great sage Marichi had six sons and they made an offense to Lord Brahma And they became very, they displeased their father. And ultimately they had to appear as the grandchildren of Hiranyakashipu. And then later they came as the sadgarbas. You see, these were great personalities who somehow or other in the lila of the Lord came to represent different demoniac propensities. And as soon as they were killed by Kamsa, they actually were liberated from that curse. And in course of time resumed their illustrious enlightened position. So the six children represented lust, anger, envy, greed, um, lust, envy, anger, greed, arrogance, and illusion. And it is described that through bhakti, Devaki represents bhakti. And Kamsa represents fear of material existence. Because Kamsa invoked fear in the heart of Devaki. And in that fear, she took shelter of Krishna. Srila Prabhupada would sometimes tell us that one of our biggest problems is we don't have enough fear of maya. If if we have that healthy fear of maya, we become fearless. How is that? Because in the fear of maya, we are very attentive. If you're walking on a tight rope, if you're not afraid of falling, you'll probably fall. So material existence, when we're going back on this tight rope, back, back to Krishna, we have to be very careful to remain on the path to preserve our good character. Under all circumstances. So of representing fear of material existence, means that a devotee is very careful to live with humility, with gratitude, and with spiritual courage, and also to know that we need to take shelter of Krishna. We need to take shelter of the strength of Balaram to protect us and help us overcome all the obstacles that will inevitably, inevitably come before us. And Through this, then lust and anger and all of these anartas or unwanted things are cleansed from our heart. So after Devaki became completely purified in this way, according to this analogy, then Balaram, the supreme servitor of Godhead. Srila Prabhupada would sometimes say he's the he's the supreme personality of servitor godhead. Krishna who only wants to serve Krishna. Balaram appeared in the womb of Devaki just to prepare her womb for Krishna's arrival. When Devaki became pregnant with she became so full of happiness and so effulgent that everyone could see a certain light. And when Kamsa saw it, he was thinking maybe it will be the seventh child. Look at what is, he was very careful. Look at what she has become now that this child is in her womb. It was at that time, that Krishna, he called for Yogamaya and instructed Yogamaya that you should transfer my beloved Shankarshan Balaram from the womb of Devaki into the womb of Rohini. Who was now under the shelter of Nanda Maharaj in Gokul Town. And you should appear as my sister in the womb of Yeshoda. And then I will appear. So, in this way, um, Rohini, she. As she was wife of Vasudev, she was living in Gokul and was seven months pregnant. One night at midnight, when she appeared to be soundly sleeping, she had a vision. In the vision, she had a miscarriage. so startled she woke up and she found that the child was gone mysteriously there was no child inside of her anymore she did have a miscarriage and she was feeling great lament lamenting as a mother then yogamaya spoke to her and said actually this is all the lord's arrangement i am I am now going to transfer the child of Devaki into your womb. And therefore this child will be named Shankarshan, one who unites the two families. And it was at that moment that Balaram entered into the womb of Rohini. In the spiritual world of Goloka, Rohini, is the eternal mother of Balaram. And that same Rohini descended with Krishna's entourage in his pastimes in this Bhoma Vrindavan. So Balaram went into the, entered into Devaki's womb to prepare for Krishna's appearance there. And then he entered into um, the womb of his original mother, Rohini. And then Krishna entered into Devaki's womb. So when Krishna appeared and when Balaram appeared, there was great celebrations and great festivals in Gokul. Balaram, being only 15 days older than Krishna, from, from their very infancy, they were constant companions and best friends. And Basude brought him across the Yamuna and exchanged him with Yogamaya and put him on the bedside of Yashoda. And in this way, Krishna was born in Gokula, ultimately the eternal son of both Vasud, of both nun, of both Yashoda and Devaki. Krishna's limitless powers to reciprocate with devotees in various ways. We have such limitations to try to please someone or be something to someone. But Krishna, who's the cause of all causes, the source of everything that exists, he is Rasabihari. There is no limits to his intimately exchanging love with his devotees. And although unlimited, countless devotees are sharing loving exchanges with Krishna, Krishna can give each and every one of us the feeling that he's intimately with me. Sometimes even he's only paying attention to me. Even though we know he isn't, he makes us feel that we are. That is the spiritual world. Krishna and Balaram, they would be on their mother's laps. Yashoda, Mai Rohini Devi. They would they would feed their children the love in the form of the milk from their breasts. And sometimes after a while they would count little teeth coming into their mouths and they would they would share the, the information with each other and they would smile and they would laugh. They were filled with love. And as the little children started to crawl, Krishna and Balaram, inseparable, would be crawling together. Sometimes he would grab the tail of a little calf, and the calf would get scared and drag Krishna and Balaram, two different calves, Krishna and Balaram, holding onto two little tails, and they would be dragging him through the mud and the, and the wet, fresh cow dung and urine of Sri Raj Bhumi they would be so happy and they would appear to be afraid, afraid to let go of the tail. And all the gopis, the elder gopis and Yashoda and Rohini would would just smile with their hearts filled with love. Because even the simplest things that Krishna and Balaram did were supremely attractive to melt the hearts. It's really incredible. Sometimes the idea of, of attracting our minds to God, we hear about the tremendous, inconceivable power of God to create or to punish or to facilitate. But in Vrindavan, infinitely deeper attraction and love is when Krishna Balaram do the most common, ordinary things that any child could do. Grabbing onto a little tail of a calf and being dragged through cow dung and cow urine. That's nothing to write books about when anybody else does it. When Krishna would just be learning how to walk, When Krishna would smile, when Balaram and Krishna would play together in whatever way, anything they did, even the most ordinary, common appearances would completely flood the residence of Vrindavan with the ecstasy and the joy of love that is Krishna Balaram. How inseparable they were as brothers, as friends, and Balaram, his only objection was to serve the purpose of Krishna, to please Krishna. And in reciprocation, Krishna only wanted to praise and glorify and honor Balaram. Even God becomes the servant And then God as Krishna becomes the servant of the servant. In Vrindavan, everyone is serving. In Vrindavan, everyone is conquered by the love of everyone. That is the spiritual world. Infinitely greater than the idea of becoming one with the impersonal unmanifested Brahman is to enter into the pastimes of this love. Krishna and Balaram, the dynamics of their relationship were so exciting. Um, Even the simplest things thrill us. When Krishna was walking and he learned to to, um, steal butter, makhan Balaram was always with him, stealing butter, doing so much mischief, playing so many games at Brahmandagat on the bank of the Yamuna. When Krishna ate dirt, Yeshodamai scolded Krishna, why did you eat dirt? Krishna said, I didn't eat dirt, mother. I said, well, Balaram told me that you ate dirt and Balaram is your best friend. He's always your well-wisher. Why would he lie against you? And Krishna said, I did eat dirt. He's not telling the truth. So as Krishna's elder brother, Balaram, um, just to um, be an impetus for these beautiful, loving pastimes, just to be an impetus to the beautiful, loving exchange between Yaśodā and Krishna, and to manifest that exchange to all the world for all time to come. Balaram told on Krishna. He spoke apparently against Krishna for Krishna. In this way, Krishna and Balaram lived within this world and manifested their beautiful, beautiful pastimes. And interestingly, um, oftentimes on Balaram's birthday, we don't hear about him. Balaram would be, would be kept back for his birthday Because at that time, you know, celebrating a birthday wasn't in just taking gifts, but it was being given the greatest gift to give to others. Nanda Maharaj, Rohini, Yashoda, the foster mother and the real mother of Balaramji, they would have Balaram feeding the cows and feeding the bridgeabbasis and feeding the brahmins and offering pujas for the pleasure of the Lord in this way everything was giving and that's and that was the joy that that the parents taught the children the joy of giving the greatest gift is is the opportunity to give and when when parents personify that in their own life children it's not something that's forced it's something that's 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 attracted. Param Drishtvani Vartate, the higher taste. And one day during Balaram's birthday, today is a celebration of when Krishna liberated Agasura. And on the same day, today, of Balaram Jayanti, after Krishna liberated Agasura, and he was sitting on the banks of Yamuna with his little friends. And all the calves it was then that lord brahma stole the calves and then he stole all the little cowherd boys and krishna apparently just like a little child with a lump of yogurt and fruit in his hands he was roaming around the the rivers and i mean the riverbank and the and in the forest and the pastures and the valleys and the caves looking for his friends, but he couldn't find them. And Brahma was watching. Krishna looked so ordinary. And then Brahma, he left that place. He thought he would come back in a moment to see what trouble he did. But in the meanwhile, Krishna, Expanded himself as every calf and every gopa for a whole year and reciprocated love with everyone in the spiritual world. No one is envious, everyone gave the highest honor to Yashoda because she was the mother, and Nanda Maharaj because he was the father, but everyone naturally yearned to have a chance to offer Krishna such intimate services without envy. And Krishna fulfilled everyone's desire because they had no envy. Krishna became every calf and became the personal child of every cow and the personal child of the older gopis and of older gopas. And they had the same experience of ecstatic love as 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 directly being the parent of Krishna, even though they didn't even know it. And all the little cowherd boys, they loved each other for a whole year. They loved each one of them loved each other, just like they love Krishna. How wonderful, without knowing that actually they are Krishna. (laughs) And when that beautiful event took place, almost the full year expired. Um, When the cows saw little calves at the bottom of Govardhan Hill and they were galloping down in motherly affection to be with their little calves, the cowherd men were running after them in great distress. And when the cows met their calves, they were weeping in ecstasy, licking their bodies and giving profuse limitless milk of love and the cowherd men were holding their little children the cowherd boys and smelling their heads and caressing them and crying in love and Balaram was watching this and he could understand the whole year even he didn't know until that day that actually Krishna was in the form of all the kopas and all the calves. And then after one year, again it was Balaram's birthday today. And that was the day that Brahma came down and he saw everything just like normal, all the gopas, all the cow, all the calves. And he was wondering what happened. And he would look back and he would see that he had everyone in a mystic slumber. And then he'd come back to Vrindavan and they would be all there playing with Krishna he became bewildered brahma vimohan with all of his knowledge with all of his strength with all of his magnitude of being brahma he could not fathom what he was seeing and krishna then manifested the form of narayan as each calf and each Cowherd boy, and there were limitless calves and cowherd boys. And Brahma saw each one of them became Narayan, the supreme personality of Godhead. And he saw around each one with the demigods and the sages and the rishis and all of the energies of material existence and spiritual world worshiping them. And at that point, Brahma became completely stunned like a doll. And then everything disappeared and all that remained was Krishna standing with that lump of yogurt, which after a whole year was still perfectly fresh in his hand. And he appeared to be looking for his friends. And it was then that Brahma came down off of his um, swan carrier and surrendered his life to Krishna. He offered beautiful prayers. And it was when he surrendered his life that he looked up and he could actually see the reality of Vrindavan. Previously, he saw Vrindavan as a beautiful forest. But now after he he humbled himself totally, all of his Ego was transcended and he sincerely took shelter and surrendered to Krishna. He could see the Yamuna as a river from the spiritual world. He could see every tree as a kalpa briksha, a desire tree that could fulfill all our wishes. He saw every grain of sand and dust to be more precious than the jewels of the spiritual of, of the heavens. He saw every cow to become a denu a spiritual wish-fulfilling cow, he saw the extraordinary, limitless, incomprehensible beauty of Brindaban. But that was only revealed to him when he totally humbled himself and surrendered. That's such an important message we could go to Vrindavan and see so many things, some things we like, some things we don't like, but are we really seeing Vrindavan? Bhakti vilochanena. We can actually only see Krishna and we can only truly see Vrindavan in proportion to our love, our surrender. And that love, that surrender, comes through the mercy of Balaram, which is coming through the mercy of the gurus of our parampara and our gurus today. This is the sacred truth. This was the pastime of the Brahma Lila that Srila Prabhupada personally um, Translated and gave his Bhaktivedanta purports just before he departed from this material world. How important it is, how intimate it is to everyone and especially to us. It happened on Balaram Jayanti. Today we are celebrating. One day when krishna and balaram and all of their friends were playing together and they every possible game they would play they would imitate the frogs and jump like the frogs and dance like the peacocks and they would go from branch to branch like monkeys and they would they would yell loudly into a well. And when the echo came, they would give they would chastise the echo. So many games, they would play with balls, play with fruits, and they would wrestle, they would um, they, the our beloved Acharyas and Sukadev Goswami tell that they loved to play. And one day while they were playing, how her boys, they inform Krishna and Balaram that there is a forest, Taliban, and there are very sweet tal fruits in great abundance, but no one can go there because associates of Kamsa and Kamsa was trying to do everything he could to find Krishna and kill Krishna and to destroy anything dear to Krishna or near to Krishna, Denuka was a powerful yogi, a mystic, with the most um, envious, greedy, hateful mentality. But he had powers. He had cities. He and his associates took the form of asses. And they would, if any anybody came to Taliban, they would kill them and eat them. They would eat humans. They were so angry and so powerful. So when Krishna and Balaram heard about this, they said, Let us go. And they entered Taliban. And Balaramji, who is the very personification of spiritual strength. He shook a tall tree and the fruits were coming. When Denu Kasura heard this, he was outraged. It was in defiance of his rule and control. His ego was inflamed. He ran toward Balaram, turned around and kicked Balaram repeatedly in his chest. And then he... He made horrible, horrible sounds of roaring and, went and, and, and ran in circles in uncontrolled anger and then came back to Balarama and was kicking him again and again. Balaram was just a little boy, just entering the Poganda age of six years old. And Balarama at the time he effortlessly took one of the he took the rear legs of Danuka and whirled it around his head, <laughs> again and again and again, until the the power of Balaram, who was whirling around this immense, gigantic creature, he died from dizziness. And then Balaram threw him, like a saucer, to the top of a tree. And Tenukasura's associates were so angry, they came charging at Balaram, and Krishna and Balaram both did the same thing. Each one, they'd swirl them around and throw them. Tenukasura, he was so greedy. And he, like a person who is, carries the burden of past bad habits, carries the burden of, of, the, of the egoism of their intelligence, their ability to speak, their, 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 their wealth. Whatever we have is a gift of God. Everything is Krishna's property. When we have the false ego that this is mine and we become proud of that and we mistreat others like that, it's a burden. It's just bad habits that are hard to break. But Balaram, who represents the guru, when we follow those instructions, we get Balaram Shakti to overcome them. Then by the mercy of Balaram, by the mercy of the Supreme Lord, we can actually be freed from the Deinukasura-like influence that's keeping us in such a vulnerable condition in this world. And all the cowherd boys celebrated the liberation of Dainuka, and Balaram showed his strength. When Balaram and Krishna first appeared, um, Nanda Maharaj and Basudev arranged for Gargamuni to come to Vrindavan or to Gokul to do a puja and a name giving ceremony to bless the children. And it was done very privately in a cow shed. And for Balaram, he said, this is, because this child was transferred from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini, because this child will unite both the Yadus, the, the, the family of Vasudeva and the family of Nanda Maharaj, the Prijabhasis, his name will be Shankarshan, and because he will give so much ecstatic happiness to the residents of Vrindavan, and for anyone who takes shelter of him, his name will be Rama, and because he's the source of all spiritual strength, who enjoys manifesting that spiritual strength, and who gives the greatest pleasure to others by bestowing upon them the darshan of his spiritual strength, his name will be Balaram and Baladev, And because he's the son of Rohini, his name is Rohini Nandan. Because he's the elder brother of Krishna, he is known as Dauji. Krishna and Balaram, one day when they were in the forest, um, actually, one day when Balaram was not with Krishna, that was the day that the cows and the cowherd boys drank the water from a lake that was poisoned, and they all fell unconscious. And Krishna glanced and brought them all back to life. He climbed a Kadamba tree and dived into that lake of the most extremely dangerous poison. And emerging from the lake came Kalia, that great many hooded serpent. And he attacked Krishna, and eventually encircled his coils around Krishna. And Krishna appeared so helpless and so innocent. And when the when the cat when the cows and the cowherd boys saw this, they, uh, they they could not maintain their consciousness. What could they do? The water was steaming with poison. They couldn't go in. At the same time, this massive serpent was encircling Krishna with such evil eyes. They fell unconscious. It was more painful than death to see Krishna in that condition. And there were bad omens. The bosses from Nanda's house all the Bhradjabhasis came running and they were so worried because that day, Balaram stayed back at home. He didn't go with Krishna. Everybody in Vrindavan knew that if Balaram was with Krishna, Krishna was always safe. But today Balaram is home. Nanda and Yashoda and uh, the Bhradjabhasis, they were all in such terror, and such heartbreak, practically every step they were taking, they were falling down in worry of Krishna when they finally reached the lake. And they saw Krishna in that condition. He showed him I wanted to just jump in the water and fight the snake as so did Nanda, even though they were totally helpless. But Balaram was smiling because he knew that Krishna is my younger brother. Krishna is my brother, nothing that this little snake can do to harm Krishna. So he was actually pacifying the Brijabhasis in a way that was only increasing their love for Krishna. All of the fear. All of the emotion of torment of seeing Krishna in that condition was only increasing and stirring the transcendental happiness of their love for Krishna. And Balaram, he said, Krishna, in my form of Anantasheshi, you never play with me, but now. You're playing so nicely with this insignificant little water snake named Kaliya. There's nothing that this snake can do to harm my brother. And ultimately, Krishna slipped out of Kaliya's coils and danced upon the hoods of his head and brought the greatest happiness to the Prichavasis. One day, just after this Kali Alila, it was summertime. Sukadev Goswami tells how summertime in Vrindavan was so beautiful and refreshing, like the finest of days in the spring, because the river Yamuna with such cooling, refreshing water was creating waterfalls and there were so many other waterfalls on the hills and the mountains of Govardhan. And they were giving refreshing mists and those mists carried the pollen of ambrosial nectarine, lotus flowers, and the birds were singing so sweetly, and the clouds would come overhead to to sh- like umbrellas to shade wherever Krishna and the bridge of Asis would walk from the sun, and in this way, Vrindavan was transcendental to any conditions, because Krishna was giving pleasure to his devotees, and devotees only purpose in life was to give pleasure to Krishna. And everyone wanted to give pleasure to each other because everyone knew that Krishna wants to give pleasure to everyone. This is Brindavan. One day when the children were playing, they decided to have a special game. On that day, Krishna noticed something. One of his little cowherd boy friends stayed home that day and an asura, a gigantic, powerful, evil, demoniac person named Pralamba, by his powers, he assumed a replica form of that little cowherd boy he seemed to speak like him, he looked like him, he dressed like him with the intention to kill. Krishna is Bhava Grahi Janardana. He sees our intentions. And we cannot hide. We cannot hide from Krishna. We can possibly fool other people in this world and have bad intentions. But Krishna's in our heart. Krishna knows the innermost purpose and intention that we have. And bhakti is about refining and purifying those intentions. So Pralamba played like a little boy and Krishna was thinking and Bhakti, Krishna was thinking how how to liberate him. So Krishna said to all the little children in the middle of their playing in their games, let us play a game where there's two sides. Balaram will be the leader of one side and I will be the leader of the other. And you could all choose who you want to be with. And the two sides will attack each other and we will play games and we will and and whoever, whoever loses will have to show everybody that they lost by carrying the winner on their backs. So in this way they played and were so happy. And in their games, Krishna took them to a place called Bandiravan, where there was an enormous banyan tree. That's celebrated in the Vedic literatures. One of the 12 forests of Vrindavan is Bandiravan, where this Bandiravat tree is. And it was there that Balaram's side was victorious. Here, Krishna and Balaram, they are one and the same person but they're taking different sides and fighting against each other. This is the play, the Lila of Sri Brindavan. So, um, Krishna carried Sri Dhamma on his back. saying carried Prishab on his back and Pralambasura. He took Krishna's sides in this game because he wanted to kill Balaram in a place where Krishna was not close by because he knew how powerful Krishna was. So he's just a beautiful, innocent-looking cowherd boy. And Balaram's riding on him. And Pralamba ran farther and farther into the forest. And Balaram was thinking, why is this cowherd boy taking me so far? where is he going and then he began to think perhaps this cowherd boy is someone else so he assumed a very heavy weight pralamba was struggling and struggling to move with balaram who was now the same size but he assumed an enormous weight like a huge mountain pralamba and and he couldn't get him off his back either. He became so um, overwhelmed and so weak, he couldn't hide his his real form. And suddenly he grew to a monstrous size like a mountain and he looked so ferocious. His only objection was to kill Balaram. Balaram, he, in his playful way, he looked worried and confused with what happened. My, my my friend has changed in every way. And then with his little tiny fist, he, he hit pralamba on the head. And it was like a th- thunderbolt crashing against a mountain. Prolama's head cracked open and he vomited and he fell to the ground dead. Balaram gave him liberation, but in the process, he revealed his extraordinary strength. But in revealing his extraordinary strength in Vrindavan, he never um, assumed any great force. He neb- He didn't even use a weapon, just used his little hand and did it as if he was playing like a child. And The Devata seeing this, they showered flowers and garlands on Balaram and all the children jumped up and they danced and cried out, Sadhu, Sadhu, well done, well done. And they all braced, embraced Balaramji and Krishna was so very proud of Balaram. Balaram, his life, his soul, his everything was to serve Krishna and how much Krishna loved to serve Balaram. Sometimes when they would play in the pastures, Balaramji would rest and lay his head in the lap of a cowherd boy and Krishna would come and very lovingly massage Balaramji's lotus feet. And sometimes Krishna would make fans out of the leaves and the flowers of Sri Brajpumi, and he would fan Balaramji to give him pleasure. And sometimes Krishna, he would praise Balaram. And everything in Vrindavan, the trees and the animals and the Brijabhasis, he would praise how they are all gazing upon the beautiful form of Balaram and they're all bowing down for the pleasure of Balaram. This is the spiritual world. Balaram plays the role of a devotee. Krishna loves to praise his devotees and his devotees love to praise Krishna. So in this way, Krishna and Balaram perform their beautiful pastimes at the time when Krishna performed his Lila with Sri Radharani and the Gopis. Balaramji as a Nangamandri would be there to assist, but at the same time, in his original form of Balaramji as the elder brother, he would not be present. But there's a place at Govardhan when Krishna and Gopis would perform their Ras Lila during the springtime at Chandra the Rasa stali. On the top of Govardhan Hill, close to it, there is a deity of Balaram, Doki Dauji, where he's sitting and he's watching. And. He assumes the color of Krishna in this beautiful form because he's so totally ecstatically absorbed in Krishna seeing the love that he's exchanging with the gopis. So Balarama is everywhere in Vrindavan as Krishna's loving servant and as the loving servant of all beings making every facility an opportunity for prema to be exchanged. When Akrora, well even before that near Govardhan, when Shankar Chuda came, Krishna and Balaram were actually playing with 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 gopis together and they were singing and they were dancing and I believe it was around the time of Holi and that they how they would give pleasure to each other and how they would give pleasure to the to the gopis. They were singing such beautiful songs. They could sing every note of every scale simultaneously. What when Krishna sings, when Balaram sings, when Krishna plays his flute, it's supremely. Attractive to awaken love from the hearts of their devotees. And Krishna comes to this world to invite us, please accept my love. And that's what Dharma is. To purify ourselves, to show our intention to accept Krishna's love. When Akrura came, from Mathura on the instruction of Kamsa. Um, he brought both Krishna and Balaram to Mathura. How inseparable are these two loving brothers of Krishna and Balaram? They both boarded the chariot of Akrura as the Gopas and the Gopis wept and cried and put their Bodies in front of the wheels of the chariot, trying to stop. And this beautiful pastime is, is described so wonderfully in the Brihad Bhagavatam Rita, the Srimad Bhagavatam. Akrura brought Krishna Balaram to Mathura. And Krishna Balaram, after some days, after the wrestling match, and Krishna defeated Kamsa. They sent Nanda and all the Brjhabasis and all the cowherd boys back to Vrindavan and only Krishna and Balaram and Rohini remained in Mathura. In Dwarka, they made their capital. After some years, Balaramji, he manifested his in his incredible devotional spirit when he liberated Viveda and there was a time when Samba one of Krishna's children was he went to Hastinapur to... Um, to marry Lakshmana. He actually took her away from the Swayambara and the Kurus became very angry and they fought with Samba, and ultimately arrested him. And when the Yadus heard about this in Dwarka, they decided to declare war on the Kurus. But Balaram was so favorable to everyone. He said, no, no, let us not do this. Let me go and I'll straighten things out. And he went to Hastinapur. And after he was worshipped by everyone, when he asked for Samba, people became very arrogant. What right do you have? What right do the Yadus have to tell us what to do? We are the Kurus. We are ruling the world. And at that time, Balaram, he took his plow and he hit it against the ground and separated Hastinapur from the rest of the earth and was about to drag it into the river Ganga. And when they saw this enormous power, Bhishma, Drona, all the most powerful warriors of the Kuru dynasty, they all came forward and surrendered their hearts and their lives to Balaram and presented Samba and Lakshmana and performed a wonderful marriage for their pleasure. Um, And they told Balaram, actually, please don't be disturbed. We only did this because we wanted to see you exhibit your incredible, all-attractive, supreme strength. This is Balaram. When the Battle of Kurukshetra was to take place, Balaramji, he did not want this battle to happen. Balaram was actually very affectionate to Duryodhana. He was affectionate to both the leaders of the Kuru's and the leaders of the Pandavas. He was trying to make things work as was Krishna. But because he could not take sides, he went on a pilgrimage to holy places when the battle was about to happen. While on pilgrimage, he came to Naimasaranya. And there so many rishis and sages were gathered to perform a yajna to purify the world, to invoke blessings and auspiciousness upon the world especially knowing that Kali Yuga was coming. And they all accepted that the person who would preside and be the speaker was Romaharshan Sutta. Harshan was one of the favorite disciples and students of Yasdev extraordinarily learned. And he had such charisma, that all the sages and rishis accepted him as their leader. So he was sitting on an elevated seat as all the rest were listening, and Balarama came. When Balarama appeared, everyone stood up except Romaharshan. Roma Harshan was so infatuated by the role of leadership that he had that a sense of arrogance polluted his heart. Balaram, who's the super soul in everyone's heart, could, could understand his intentions. He didn't feel a need to stand up even for God because he was so covered over by how great he felt he was. After all, look at everyone is saying I'm so great. They've put me in the highest position. I must be. Balaram wanted to teach the whole world a lesson. He said with anger, transcendental anger, to Roma Maharshan, although you are a favorite student of Vyastev, And although you know the the Puranas and the Itihashtas and the the histories and, and and the Vedas and the Samhitas, you know all the scriptures so thoroughly. And although you're of such a high esteem in everyone's eyes, there's arrogance in your heart, and therefore, this false pride is such a hypocrisy. It's the very contradiction to all good qualities. Balaram, with a single blade of grass, touched Harshan, and Ramaharshan was liberated. He left his body at that time, um, these sages, they said to Balaram that we don't know what to do because we just gave him the blessing that he would live a long life and you just killed him. Balaram said, bring his son because Balaram knew his son had such a pure heart. Sutta Goswami, because the father lives to the son. And Balaram personally anointed Sutta Goswami along with all the other sages to preside over their great sacrifice and to speak the glories of the Lord. And Balaram personally asked for a way to atone. And they told him that there was a asura named Balvala. And he comes and he creates havoc and pollution in the minds of others and he foils all of their attempts to do something good. So Balaram with his plow, he liberated Valvala and then continued his pilgrimage. And it's interesting how later on, when there was a great battle between Duryodhana and Bhima, Balaram was favorable to both. And this is a mystery. Sometimes Balaram and Krishna, who are one and the same, who have the exact same intention, sometimes they disagree, but their disagreements are always reconcealed in their love for each other. When Arjuna wanted to marry Subhadra, the sister of Krishna and Balaram, daughter of Vasudeva and Devaki, Balaram was against it. Krishna was for it. And how Krishna, in such a beautiful way, while respecting Balaram, developed a strategy by which they could marry. And how he ultimately pacified Balaram. So here we are. Balaram is very much sympathetic to Duryodhana. Now this seems inconceivable. Duryodhana was envious. Duryodhana was quite demoniac. The Pandavas were such pure and dear devotees and all the suffering that Kunti endured, why would Balaram be favorable to Duryodhana? Who was envious? who was lying who was cheating who was exploiting krishna on the side of the pandavas made sure that the battle of kurukshetra was won by those by dharma raj by those who represent pure devotion and dharma now We cannot understand the mind, Vaishnavera Kriya Mudra Vigyanabhujai. It is said you cannot even understand the mind of a true Vaishnava, what to speak of God. (laughs) Balaram, everything he did as Krishna's loving servant was for the pleasure of Krishna and for the ultimate good of all living beings. But he had this Leela. And this leela of um, trying to bring out the good in everyone, even the worst was especially manifest in his next incarnation as Lord Nityananda Prabhu. Dina yata chilo harinamo sakshi jagai madhai. Lord Balaram, appeared as Nityananda Prabhu to bestow mercy even on the most envious and fallen souls. Srila Prabhupada often quotes from Narottam Das Thakur that Lord Krishna, the son of Nanda appeared as the son of Sachi. Lord Gauranga Mahaprabhu. And Balaram appeared as Nitai Shri Nityananda Prabhu. Balaram appeared in his next incarnation in Eka Chakra, his eternally sacred birthplace. And there he performed beautiful lilas of Krishna and Balaram. And so often he took the role of Krishna, and so often he took the role of Balaram in beautiful play games and dramas he performed with his little friends. But ultimately, Nityananda Prabhu, as Balaram, his only purpose was to give pleasure to Lord Chaitanya Krishna, to facilitate and assist the mission of Krishna. In Goloka, Balarama is bringing all the devotees so many opportunities to love and serve Krishna and giving Krishna limitless opportunities and facilities to serve the devotees. This exchange of love, this prema rasa is the only purpose, the only existence in the spiritual world. But when Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda came to this world, they especially came to give the opportunity to enter this Lila to even the most fallen souls of Kali Yuga. Paramakaruna, pahundu nitai Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, Prabhu, they, they are super. Supremely merciful, parama karuna, supreme mercy, supreme kindness, supreme grace. That is their purpose. And Lord Nityananda Prabhu, along with Haridas Thakur, the Namacharya, who taught by his example the The glories of the chanting of God's name is the Yuga dharma and the most precious benediction in all of this universe. Krishna's descended as his names and he's given access to his beautiful form, his beautiful qualities, his abode, his eternal circle of devotees through the pure chanting of the holy names. Humility like grass, tolerance and forgiveness like tree, eagerness to offer all respect to others and not to demand or expect respect for oneself. When we can cultivate these values in our life, then Krishna reciprocates when we chant his holy names and actually reveals the higher taste. And ultimately, uncovers Prema Pumartha Mahan Nitya Krishna Prema Sadya sravanadi Sudhicheti Sudhichati Korye Mahaprabhu's teaching that love for Krishna Prema is within our hearts. By associating with those who are aspiring to love Krishna and by chanting Krishna's names and glories, this love is awakened. Jivjago, Jiv Jago, Chandra Wake up, wake up, sleeping souls, to the love that's within our heart, to the happiness that we're all seeking. Param Vijayateshi Krishna Sankirtanam. Greatest benediction Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda has given us in the Sankirtan of the holy names. Lord Chaitanya instructed Nityananda Prabhu in Navadweep to go to everyone without discrimination, without considering proper time or place or person, give everyone the opportunity to worship Krishna, to remember Krishna, to chant Krishna's name, to hear about Krishna. Krishna is your mother, your father. He's the treasure of your life and your life and soul. This was the message that Lord Chaitanya gave for Nityananda and Haridas to share. Jagai and Madhai, they were so cruel, so envious, so disrespectful. They committed every type of sinful, criminal activity. And nobody could stop them. They had such power. And they even attempted to kill Nityananda Prabhu. But still, Nityananda Prabhu was willing to accept being beaten in the head with them and bleeding profusely and just prayed, please accept Krishna's names. Please accept Krishna's mercy. And when Lord Chaitanya came to punish Jagai and Madhai and manifested death personified and his Sudarshan Chakra appeared, Nityananda Prabhu with tears of compassion in his eyes begged Lord Chaitanya to give them love of God, Krishna Prema. And Jagai and Madhai became... Mahaparamhamsas, Mahabhagavats, great saints, lovers of Krishna, entered into the inner circle of Lord Caitanya and Lord Nityananda's circle of devotees. This was Nityananda Prabhu. As Balaram, with his blade of grass, he conquered Roma Harshan, who was a hypocrite and who was misleading society. But as Nityananda, he took that blade of grass and put it between his teeth as a sign of humility and went to the same types of people and even more. And he fell on his knees and bowed down to them with folded hands, begged them, please. Lord Chaitanya has come to give you Krishna prema. Take Krishna's names, be with Krishna's devotees, feel the joy of loving Krishna, he would beg. And even if he was rejected, he just kept begging. That is the mercy of Lord Nityananda, which is the fullest manifestation of the love and the compassion of Lord Balaram. Just as the fullest manifestation of Krishna's mercy came as Lord Chaitanya. In Vrindavan, there are perhaps 5,000 temples of Radha Krishna. There's Radha Gopinath, Radha Shamsunda, Radha Raman, Radha Govinda, Radha Madan Mohan, Radha Vijay Govinda, Radha Giridhari. So many temples of radha and krishna and if we go to vrindavan today as it has been for so long people address each other radhe radhe jai shri radhe radhe shyam or hare krishna hare is radhas name so always radha krishna Śrīla Prabhupāda, he established a temple in Raman, Redi, Raman Reti, and in that temple is Śrī Shiradha Sundar. Actually, what to speak of devotees of Iskān throughout the whole world, even the bridgebasis. it's almost unanimously accepted among Vrījabhasis throughout the whole Vrājbhumi, that out of the thousands of temples of Radha Krishna, the deity of Srimati Radharani on the altar in Iskand's temple is the most beautiful, most loving, attractive form of Srimati Radharani. Radha Shamsundar. And in reciprocation of Srila Prabhupada's love, Srimati Radharani has manifested such a beautiful, merciful, attractive form. Yet, although the muted, most beautiful forms of Krishna and all of Vrindavan are there on the altar, Srila Prabhupada put Krishna Balarama in the center altar and named the temple Krishna Balaram Mandir. Why? Srila Prabhupada's following the footsteps of all the acharyas and practically all the acharyas, their temples are Radha Govinda, Radha Mohan, Radha Shyam Sundar. But Srila Prabhupada, he named the temple Krishna Balaram and put them in the center-focused altar. Why? Narotandas Thakur in his beautiful song Nitai Pata Kamala Koti Chandra Shushitala. That Lord Nityananda Balaram's mercy. The shade of their lotus feet is refreshingly cool like tens and millions of moons. The shade of the shelter of Lord Nityananda and Balaram's mercy relieves us from the scorching heat of material existence. He tells that without the mercy of Lord Nityananda, one cannot enter into the loving pastimes of Sri Sri Radha Govinda. In this world, the guru and the guru tattva is coming from Balaram Nityananda Prabhu. And to be the servant of the servant of the servant in this way is the way to become purified And in a purified state by the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu, he gives us to the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahiyanya. Lord Chaitanya is Radha Krishna. Krishna has appeared with the loving, ecstatic Mahabhav of Sri Radharani and her beautiful golden complexion. That is Lord Chaitanya. And giving the love of Sri Radha, giving her own love in her own special way without discriminating who is fit or who is unfit in this age of Kali Yuga, giving. Lord Chaitanya on many occasions has said that without the mercy of Nityananda, one cannot approach me. So, Nityananda Prabhu is giving us entrance into Radha and Krishna's eternal lila. That is Balaram. And Balaram and Krishna appeared in this world as Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. And Srila Prabhupada took that mercy of Lord Nityananda and, and, and Lord Chaitanya. To the whole world. Srila Prabhupada was living at the Radha Damodar temple of Sri Jiva Goswami, of Sri Rupa Goswami, right at the heart of the place of Seva Kunj where the Rasa Lila is eternally taking place. That's Srila Prabhupada's home, peacefully residing there. But he departed, Vrindavan, externally, only to take the treasures of brindavan's love the brindavan's leela wherever he went and share it with the world he came to new york san francisco los angeles he went to germany he went to london he went to africa he went to south america he went to russia he went to australia he traveled all over india he went to Iran in the Middle East in the mood of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. The extent of mercy comes through Lord Nityananda, who is Balaram. So Srila Prabhupada gave special feature to Krishna and Balaram to understand that without Balaram's mercy, None of this is possible. And through their mercy, we can enter into the eternal loving pastimes of the all-attractive, eternally supreme object of love, Srimati Radharani and Krishna. Srila Prabhupada's wisdom, the depth of his compassion, because he is Balaram Tattva, He is Nityananda Tattva. He is carrying their mercy into our lives and into the whole world. Balaram Jayanti is a day when we can remember and be grateful for the most precious gift that we've all been given. And to inspire us to share this gift with others, which was the mood of Lord Balaram, Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya and Krishna. And to express our gratitude by receiving what we've been given. We've been given the instructions to sincerely chant the names of the Lord every day, to take shelter of the holy names attentively with humility, to hear Shrimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, Shri Śrī Chaitanya Charitamrita, Srila tirelessly translated and wrote purports so that throughout time, we would have this access to the Lord's mercy, to fill our hearts with hearing and chanting, to fill our hearts with appreciation to the community of Vaishnavas. In Lord Nityananda's Leela, when Prataparudra was rejected by Lord Chaitanya, he was devising so many ways to somehow or other bring Prataparudra Maharaj to receive the mercy of the Lord. When Kal Krishnadas was rejected by Lord Chaitanya, Nityananda Prabhu. Devise so many wonderful ways by which Krish- Krishna Das could receive the mercy of the Lord. Nityananda Prabhu, Balaram, their Leela is to bring all of us together under the shelter of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we are a family. Gaudiya Vaishnav society is a wonderful, wonderful family of people who are united despite all of our differences and in so many ways, and we're united under the principle of receiving the mercy of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, sharing it with each other as a community, uplifting each other as a community, And as a community, sharing it with the whole world. Paramakaruna. To be little instruments within this limitless ocean of supreme compassion. Srila Prabhupada, open the doors for all of us to enter into these pastimes. So let us pray to Lord Balaram on this day for the spiritual strength to remain faithful and overcome um, quarrel, hypocrisy, and all of these lower tendencies by absorbing ourselves in bhakti, in Krishna consciousness. I don't know exactly who's with me today. When I'm speaking on Balaram Jayanti at Sri Shiradha Gopinath Temple, I'm seeing all the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful devotees who I honor and I worship with all my heart. And I try to um, receive your enthusiasm and whatever little I can speak that's of any value is really reciprocating with your enthusiasm the best I can. Today, I'm just looking at a lens of a camera and I'm not seeing anyone with my eyes, but we need to adjust. In my heart, I'm picturing each and every one of you and I'm feeling empowered and blessed by your presence in my mind and in my heart. And I want to pray to Shri Sri Radha Gopinath and to Srila Prabhupada to shower their blessings and their mercy and their divine grace upon each of you. Please, each of our bodies is a precious property of Srila Prabhupada and Radharani and Krishna, be safe, do everything within your power to preserve this body as the storm of this pandemic is is inflicting itself upon the world. Do everything you can to protect yourself. Be in good health. Prabhupada was very concerned with our health. And when we really are trying to protect our health for the purpose of preserving our lives, physical lives for the service of Krishna, which is so much needed. In this age of Kali, every single devotee is so precious. And every devotee that's lost is such a loss. Recently, my very beloved godbrother Ramdas Avi Ramdas, who was one of the great artists along with his wife Driti, who revealed such beautiful manifestations of Vrindava in the spiritual world. Prabhupada called their art windows into the spiritual world. Srila Prabhupada has taken him from this physical world. Let us all offer our gratitude to Ramdas Ramdas Prabhu and pray, pray to Srila Prabhupada to bless him in every way. And of course, we have all suffered great separation from his holiness Bhakti Swami Maharaj. One of Srila Prabhupada's most illustrious, empowered, loving associates who illuminated the world by his singing, by his speaking, by the wonderful acts of devotion that he personified at every moment. His great Shruti Dharma Prabhu, one of our dear most friends and the leader of so many devotees who humbly serve the Vaishnav community as his only purpose in life. To all the family and the followers and the well-wishers of of these great souls and others who are leaving, let us us offer our hearts gratitude and, and prayers. But in Bhakti, Our connection is inseparable. And today, 2020, Balaram Jayanti, in these difficult and extraordinary circumstances, let us from our heart of hearts seek shelter of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda of Krishna and Balaram's mercy through the divine grace of Śrīla Prabhupāda and the Vaishnavas. And let us share that in whatever way possible with one another. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāi. Ananti Koti Vaishnava Brinda ki jāi. Śrī Harinām Sankirtān ki jāi. Shri Nitai Goda Chandra Ki Jai, Shri Krishna Balaram Ki Jai, Shri Radha Gopinath Ki Jai. Thank you very much.